Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for the show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and prioritize yourself, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. I bought into the six hours of sleep thing, but it resulted in a health crisis and I lost my six-figure business. I realized that sleep wasn't wasted time. It's when my body does its magic. It's not as simple as just deciding to sleep longer. You need to prioritize sleep, change your sleep story and have tools that make it easy. That's why I created Sleep Fabulously. Head to sleepfabulously.com to sign up now. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm so delighted today to introduce you again to one of my favorite mentors, Andrea Beeman. Andrea is not a stranger to my show. She is F number one and F number 50 and they still the most downloaded in my podcast series. So welcome to you, Andrea. Well, thanks for having me, Bev. I can't believe I was uh, number one and number 50. And what one is this one now? Well, number 100. Wow, it's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, this is epic. You know, thinking when I started that this was going to be to replace his of the cognitive function that I had lost, I couldn't write very well. So I found that actually speaking and interviewing was an easier way. And I just love it. I just love hearing people's wisdom and sharing that with the audience. So yes, so it's become, it's a thing. It's still a thing. <laughs> and it's a good thing and you're great at it. <laughs> Thank you. So let's kick off. And I know you, I love you. And I'm just wanting to let other people know about you. So tell us a bit about yourself and what it is that you do, Andrea. Well, I'm a holistic health coach, a natural food chef, and an herbalist and an educator. And I teach ancient wisdom to modern people because I think they need it now more than ever. <laughs> that's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Andrea has some amazing online cooking sessions. So if you are cooking a verse, that's the, the lady to follow, especially because I, I thought that I knew a lot about cooking until I started watching some of your cooking shows. So that was fantastic. So you've got great ideas for cooking there as well. Thank you. And how did you come to be so passionate about thyroid health? Where did it all begin? Well, you know, like most people, it begins from not being well, right? I don't, I don't know very many people besides maybe Jacqueline. Lane. Remember Jacqueline Lane that got into health and wellness, right? Just because they, they wanted to be in health and wellness. Most people come to health and wellness from sickness, at least nowadays, the people that I know. Uh, and that happened to me too as well. So when I was 28 years old, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroid and I had a large goiter and my doctor had recommended to radiate my thyroid and then it would be destroyed and I'd have to take a medication for the rest of my life. And I I said, no, I said, I don't want to take a medication for the rest of my life and I don't want to radiate any part of my body. You know, I watched radiation, what it did to my mom 
uh, when she had cancer. And I said, not for me. So I changed my diet and my lifestyle. My thyroid naturally healed. I still have a thyroid that was, you know, I was 28 years old. I'm 51 now. That was 23 years ago. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that we can really use food as medicine. We just need to know what to, what to do. Oh, that's amazing. If you've heard anything in that story, go and follow Andrea and I'll give you the information at the end because she is the thyroid queen, I would say, in my world. <laughs> so, Andrea, so that we can talk about other things, let's talk about what is the endocrine system and what are some of the main functions? Okay, so every function in your body, right, depends on a healthy and happy endocrine system. So the endocrine system is your hormonal system, and it's a communication system. And it's communicating to every other system in your body, right? So the hypothalamus is connected to the nervous system and the endocrine system. So if your nervous system's out of balance, it's sending a message through the hypothalamus. It's coming down and sending a message to the HPA axis, hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal axis, right? It's like, hey, oh my God, we're under stress. Create hormones. You know, you have your uh, pineal gland, which we're going to talk about because it's sleep temper. We have your pineal gland. You have your uh, thyroid gland. You have your thymus. Uh, we have the pancreas, we have the adrenals, we have the gonads. I mean, this whole system is connected to every other system in your entire body. So when one system is out of balance, it generally throws the other systems. Like they have to try and make balance, homeostasis. So, um, I, you know, me as a thyroid expert, I know so many, I have clients around the world, they come to me because there's something wrong with their thyroid, but I tell them, we have to look at your entire system. We can't just look at the thyroid. It's not separate. It doesn't live on the endocrine system by itself, right? There's other hormones from other, other glands in that system that are telling it, hey, speed up, slow down, do this, do that. You know, so we, we really have to look at the whole system, uh, you know, holistically in order to be able to sleep well, be able to digest well, wake up, reproduce, the whole thing. It's responsible for a lot of stuff. So you mentioned the HPA axis there. For people with adrenal insufficiency, they will have probably heard that term before. People talk about adrenal fatigue. Is that such a thing? Well, I mean, our adrenals will get tired. You know, there's, I don't, it's not recognized in modern medicine. It's recognized by alternative medicine practitioners, but mostly uh, in Western medicine or in modern medicine, they recognize adrenal fatigue only after it's become like Addison's disease, right? When the adrenals are getting attacked by some autoimmune condition, right? They're, the adrenals are like, they're kaput. They're not putting out any hormone. They're like, I'm done. I'll get me out of this body. But adrenal fatigue is real. It's real. And millions of people, if not billions, are affected by the adrenals being unable to keep up with the modern pace. So we have created, Bev, a society and a culture that is on 24 hours, right? But human beings, we're not robots. We're not designed to stay up all day and all night and into the wee hours in the morning and not get any rest, right? We're not designed that way. So if we're on constant go all the time, then our adrenals become fatigued. It's going to slow down every single function in the body. You won't be able to digest well. You won't be able to sleep, believe it or not. People think, well, I'm so exhausted. How come I can't sleep? 
You actually need energy to sleep. Your body will not go to sleep comfortably unless there's energy to put you to sleep. And we could talk about that when I talk about some fun little herbs that people can take. And also stress. Stress, right? Stress is, is going to, you know, like stress is normal. It's a normal part of life. But the problem with modern people is that we're under chronic stress, right? Where our ancestors had the stress of, oh, okay, saber-toothed tiger, <laughs> let's go, get out of here, <laughs> like that kind of stress. But now we have stress from the waking hours. As soon as you wake up in the morning until you're going to bed, there's stress. Like I'll give you a great example, an alarm clock. Now, some people think that, that what's the matter with an alarm clock? You're sleeping quietly, right, in your little slumber, and all of a sudden, bam! <laughs> yes! You immediately wake up, and you're like, oh my God, I gotta get to work. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's, our whole entire society is set up for this stress. And with all of the social media and the news and everything that we're bombarded with, there's no time to relax and chill out. And I remember, Bev, when I was growing up, you could go to the park and have a picnic, you could take the day off. But nowadays, it's, that's not, it's, it's not really viable. You know, like people are constantly working, constantly on their computers, on their phones. I walk down the street and people don't even take their head up off their phone oh, to see yes. where they're going. Yes. Right? They're not even present. So, of course, they're going to be stressed out. You know, they're not present. They'll bump into you and then they'll be, hey, you know. <laughs> so, like, we're, we're in this society that is just bizarre. It's almost like, like we're creating a society fit for robots, but not for human beings. And I love that you say human beings, because I always say to my clients, you're not a human doing. Because this is, yes, because we think that we've got to do things, do things, do things. And we mm. feel guilty when we stop and rest. Yeah. You know, that's how the body works best is when we know when to play and when to rest and when to work. It is important. So let's talk about the endocrine system and its relationship to sleep. Oh, well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of relationships to sleep. So let's start at the top, <laughs> right? So the pineal gland, the pineal gland or the pineal gland, uh, as some people call it, is responsible for a lot of stuff. Now in Western medicine, the pineal gland is thought of as a, eh, not a gland that does too much. <laughs> right, but in ancient philosophy and ancient healing, the pineal gland was the third eye, it was wisdom, it was your connection to the deeper connection. And I'll give you a good example it's impacted by light, right? So we get light into our eyes, and that signals the pineal gland hey, it's daytime. Let's get up, let's get moving, let's get some sugar into the cells, uh, let's find food. Right, So when people are up at night with white light and blue light, which is daylight, right? this is, this is white light and blue light, right? Yeah. These, these phones, they're, they're white light and blue light, unless you set them. Same thing with the computer, white light and blue light. And when we get that into our eyes, it's telling the pineal gland, hey, let's go, get up, sugar into the cells. So people will be on their computer at night or their phone at night or even watching television at night. And they wonder, why am I hungry? I'm, I can't stop eating. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I get these cravings at night, <laughs> right? Mostly it's because they're, they're telling their body it's daytime, let's go. So that's the first 
right? The first connection. Uh, the pineal gland is responsible for our waking and our uh, sleeping patterns. It's connected to our circadian rhythms, right? Circadian rhythms, that's the, the whole process that is connected to the environment, to nature, to the earth. Human beings, we're part of the earth, even if we don't want to believe that we're part of the earth. We are earthlings, yeah. <laughs> right? So we're affected by the cycles and the seasons, right? So if you look at um, a lot of the countries that they only have daylight for a certain amount of time during the year, they have higher rates of depression and suicide, right? Because we need to be, I, I believe that humans work best and if you look across the globe, and this is, again, ancient wisdom, you look across the globe, the most densely populated areas are the areas that have more sunlight and they have uh, seasons, the most densely populated. So human beings naturally gravitated to those areas. And then, of course, we spread out even further all the way up north and all that stuff. So we need to have a certain amount of light, but we can't have that light all the time. And we can't yeah. have that light none of the time, right, in the case yeah. of the countries that aren't getting it. The first thing is they got to shut down. They got to shut down their computers, that, you yeah. know, like, or put on that flux or whatever it is so that they're not getting that stuff. So that's, you know, that's one of the first things that I, I do with my clients personally is, is I get them off of the computer stuff <laughs> and read a book by a yellow light, a lamp, you know, on the side of the bed, right? It's gentler. So if you look at the way that the sun sets, Here's a good one because the body needs time to wind down. The way that the sun sets, the sun is highest, you know, 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the sky, and it's the brightest light. And then afternoon comes, it starts to get a little yellower, right? And then right around late afternoon, early evening, you're looking at yellows and oranges and reds, yeah. right? And then we go into the dark, dark oranges and the really dark blues, right? And then it goes to nighttime. So that process is, is a long time. It's not a short time. So huh. people think, oh, I shut off my computer at 11 o'clock. I'm not going to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a common problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Or they look at their phone like, I can't, why can't I go to bed? Because the body needs time to wind down. Right, it's not like shut off. Can I? That's that's not the way it works. So it needs time to wind down. So that's the pineal gland, and the pineal gland is talking to the rest of the glands. Right, it's going to talk to the thyroid. It's going to talk to the adrenals. It's going to talk. It's going to talk to the whole system, and say, "Let's get this up or let's go to bed." So we have to start at the top, you know, and and work our way down. And also, there are so many studies. So many studies nowadays that people that don't get enough sleep gain weight, have higher rates of diabetes, all disease across the board. Why? Why? We need our sleep. Healing happens during the night. Healing when you when we are resting and we go into those, you know, those deep waves of sleep, the body goes into rejuvenation and clean up, right? It starts to to clean up all the processes and and make everything nice again, right? So you're you're reborn the next day. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. But so people will eat before they go to bed, which is one of the worst things that you could do, right? Because now you're putting food into the gut pancreas, part of the uh, endocrine system, you're putting food into the gut, pancreas is saying, okay, we got to get enzymes, we got to get digestive enzymes going, we got to get this going, right? It's getting busy, but it's not the time to get busy before bed, right? This should be empty. The belly should be empty. There's a reason why breakfast is called breakfast. You break the fast, 
right? You've been fasting all night. So the best sleep that you'll ever get is on a fasted stomach right? Because then your body goes into doing what it's going to do. It's going to clean up. It's going to, it's going to take the, the cells that are not functioning well. It's going to break them down. You know, we have a lot of processes that happen at night while we're sleeping that we don't even know. We have an entire glymphatic system that they just found out about, Bev, you know, like 10 years ago. And the glymphatic system is active at night. And what it does, like we have our lymphatic system, right? It's most active during the day when we're moving. And then we have the glymphatic system, which goes through the cerebrospinal fluid and washes over the brain while we sleep. Yes. And that's the only time it happens is when we sleep. (laughs) That's correct. It's amazing. It's amazing. So if somebody is not getting adequate rest, they'll have brain fog the next day, can't concentrate, brain's not working well. This is going to be congested. Just as if you don't move your body during the day, lymphatic system is going to be congested. The body is brilliant. We're the ones that aren't so smart. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. So we understand, obviously, there's part of the endocrine system at play here. I know that both of us focus on food as medicine and you use a lot of herbs as part of that and I'm still learning and so I've got my training wheels on on that. So what are some of the herbs that you would recommend that support this good functioning of those parts of the endocrine system so that we can sleep well? Okay, so there's, I love that you say you're on training wheels, first of all, because (laughs) I'm on training wheels as, as well. You know, like while we're going through this life, we're always going to learn new stuff as long as we're open and receptive to it. And hopefully we are, right? Hopefully you don't go, oh, I got the answer to everything and then you're done. <laughs> right? I don't know if that works that way. What I've been learning over the past, uh, you know, seven years or something like that about herbs, because I've always used food as medicine and culinary herbs as medicine as well. But now I'm getting more into the wilder uh, herbs that we're now cultivating because there's a big explosion of herbal medicine coming into the world right now for the past five years or so, like very big and very strong. And there's there's lots of reasons for that. It was the, the herbal medicine community was squashed in the uh, 1700s, 1800s, just goodbye, annihilated because Western medicine and um, the patriarchy of medicine came was coming up and was like, no, the herbs from the earth, you're a Satan worshiper, devil, right? You're a witch, you hang them and burn them in the square. So now there's a resurgence of using plant-based medicines and the plants are here for us. We're on the planet. They're here for all the animals, all the creatures and for the humans. So for the endocrine system, there's a big wave of adaptogenic herbs that are coming and the adaptogenic herbs help the body deal with stress and handle stress much better. So they're not a cure-all. You can't have a horribly stressful situation and a horribly stressful life and then just pop some ashwagandha or ginseng and think, "Uh, okay, I got this. That's not the way that it works. It's going to help you, but it's not the cure-all. So what the adaptogenic herbs do is they support the endocrine system as a whole, and with many of the roots, because a lot of them are roots, you know, rhodiola is a root, ashwagandha is a root, ginseng is a root. These are all adaptogenic herbs. So all of those adaptogens, those roots help our root, right? Yes. They yes. help us to get grounded. Uh, they help us to feel stable and secure. They're nourishing the root of the human being. 
uh, like I, I talked about ashwagandha, right? This has been used in Asia and India for centuries as a, um, a long life herb, an adaptogenic herb, an herb that will help you sleep. Like this is the herb to help you sleep, but so many people are using it incorrectly. So ashwagandha, the constituents that will help to nourish the endocrine system are fat soluble. So if you're taking ashwagandha in a pill with water, you're going to get some benefit, but you're not going to get most of the benefit. It's got to be, have it with your breakfast, lunch, or dinner. You know, have it with some form of food because that's the way that it's absorbed best and especially fats, right? Whether it's olive oil or butter or ghee or whatever, or milk as it was traditionally used, you know, like uh, ashwagandha with uh, some type of cream or milk and spices in there. And that would put you right to bed, you know, between the milk and the <laughs> ashwagandha, you're going to, good night, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and also remember I said earlier that you need energy to sleep. So if you don't have enough energy, the body won't go into sleep. It'll be like, you know, like you'll get into a sleep and it'll immediately pop up and be like, I don't have energy to be, I don't have energy to relax. I don't have energy to sleep. So that's where ginseng comes in really handy. You know, there's American ginseng, Panax ginseng. You even have Eleutherococcus, which is the Siberian ginseng. It's not a true ginseng, but it still has very similar properties. And what they do is they nourish the kidney element in the body and the kidneys nourish the adrenals, right? So, uh, so then you have that level. So, and also it's really good to keep in mind that these herbs don't work immediately, right? You don't just pop an herb and you know, after a week you go, this is not working for me, right? These are long-term you know, like ginseng, ashwagandha, people take those for three months, six months, nine months, you know, with breaks in between, but that's where they work the best. And that's where you see the most benefit from the long-term use, especially as, as you know, if you put it in foods, like for example, um, ginseng, I love to put into stocks. I love to put it into soups. I love to, the way, that's the way it was traditionally used, right? So that it's not an afterthought, it's a, oh yeah, this goes into my stock. This goes into my soup. This is very nourishing. It's, it's like as if, you know, like we've been taught, and I'm sure you were taught when you were growing up to make a stock. You put in onions, carrots, and celery, right? That's the base <laughs> of the stock. So there's just that one added element. Okay, here's another base. You put in a, a ginseng root, you know, a sliced root, put that into the stock. So then you don't even have to think about it. You're getting this nourishment very deeply, and it's very calming to the body and energizing. Meaning not stimulating like yes. coffee, right? Or caffeine, which is a stimulant, which actually exhausts the adrenals. This is energizing because it's deeply nourishing. Yeah, yeah. And um, so with the, with the ashwagandha, I have a beautiful tea that's mixed with holy basil. Mm. And I have that in the evenings. And yeah, that's, it's not a lack of had a since I felt that my adrenals were not what they needed to be. And it has been a slow process to support the adrenals and the sleep. So, yeah, yeah there's, there's, a, there's definitely ways to do, to do that. And so where would you purchase that so that you get the right quality of herb? Well, I mean, there's lots of great quality herb places. So like I, I live in America. I know you're overseas. I live in America and there's a lot of 
lot of herbalists that are really sourcing sustainably and, and like woodland essence. That's where I get my ashwagandha. Woodland essence uh, is upstate New York, like, you know, four or five hours away from my home. So I love that. But also there's Star West Botanicals. They're also, they source, they've been around for a long time. Um, they source from other countries and they also ship to other countries, mm. uh, which is nice because a lot of the local herb people don't, you know, they don't have the, the manpower, so to speak. They don't have the robots <laughs> working <laughs> to make it happen. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, but there, you can look around. Like, I think there's a place called... Uh, an, uh, an herb company called iHerb overseas? Yes, yes. We get we can get that delivered in most countries now, yes. Yeah, so that's great. And, and just make sure that it's good quality because, you know, sometimes a lot of the stuff, or at least I've read, a lot of the stuff coming over from specific countries can have high lead, which you don't want. Right. Right? So you want to make sure that, you know, things are sustainably sourced and they're good quality and of course organic. And it would be nice if they're picked with love. Right. So like <laughs> the gal who picked, who is at um, a Woodland Essence, she like prays by the plant before she picks it. Thank you for your energy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it may seem like a lot for some people, but I, I'm grateful for that. I'm like, oh, great. She's thanking the plant for its energy. She's going to use it and not destroy it in the process. So I like that kind of stuff. And then, of course, there's a couple of good herbs. Like for if you have any gals that they need to, gals or guys, they need to get to bed immediately and they can't wait a month or they can't wait two months for the ginseng <laughs> and the ashwagandha to kick in, right? So then you need something strong. So there are actual herbs that are sedatives, but not sedatives that are... Um, that'll make you feel groggy in the morning. So one of them is passion flower, right? Passion flower is a natural sedative. And um, if you can't sleep at night, you take strong. So like this is, um, you know, like this comes in little, little packs, right? So the, this one pack, you wouldn't take one pack. <laughs> you would take three or four packs and you would, you know, steep that in tea for 10 minutes and then before, you know, like maybe 25 minutes before you go to bed, you'd have a cup of that and that should knock you out. And if it doesn't, there's another herb called kava that's been used uh, for centuries. Yes. And yeah, kava, kava, if you have, right, if somebody has a very busy mind and that's why they can't get to sleep, right? The mind thoughts are going hundred miles an hour. I got to do this. I got to do that. Right. Cause they haven't shut down. I got to do all this stuff. I can't believe I got to do this tomorrow. The next day they're all up in their head. Kava brings them whoop, like immediately back into their body. And it, it, it's not a sedative. It's a relaxant, right? It's going to relax you. And if you combine, like, let's say, so this is passion flower in the tincture form. If you combine kava with passion flower, that's a good night. Like let's good night, Charlie. <laughs> so that's that's great for those times I guess sometimes for example when entrepreneurs are launching a new product or something so it's a period of high activity probably yeah. a, a level of stress that they're not normally used to that would really be supporting them it's not that we're not talking about sleep hygiene we're saying yes you do need your sleep hygiene but there are times where something like that would support you to fall asleep with ease Absolutely. and stay asleep. Yeah. And for the gals, like, uh, I think we're, uh, I think we're, 
I don't want to say what our ages are. Well, I think I already said I'm 51. <laughs> but for the gals who are going through menopause from the years of their mid-40s or sometimes earlier, mid-40s up until their 50s or early 60s, if they go to bed at night and they're hot and they can't sleep because they're hot and they're sweating, that's when I recommend wild lettuce. Uh, wild lettuce is very bitter. It does not taste good at all. It's really <laughs> gross, <laughs> but uh, it's very cooling, right? So sometimes the heat will keep you up. And in the middle of summer, on a hot summer night, when it's just sweltering and, right, you can't, oh my gosh, you can't get to sleep. So that external heat for most folks, you could also cool down with wild lettuce. But for the menopausal gals, internal heat, they can cool down with the wild lettuce. That's a, a nice array of herbs there that we've got there. So we've got some to support the adrenals during the day, keep us balanced and, and grounded, and then we've got some that support us going to sleep, and then another one. So that's a real good selection there. Thank you for sharing those. Oh, we'll get the, we'll get all of Europe sleeping. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> The whole world will put them right to sleep right after this episode. I'll be, I'll be out like a light. Yeah. Now, we've been talking about getting ourselves to sleep and eat with ease and staying asleep with ease. So what do you think the impact then is on the body of not getting good quality sleep? Okay. So I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but if we don't get enough sleep, gain weight, heart disease, higher rates of cognitive dysfunction... So many things happen when we don't sleep. So one of the reasons is uh, when, you're, when you're not getting enough sleep and you're tired the next day, one of the things that you'll, most people will reach out for are stimulants and sugar, right? So, because um, we can go, we can have a couple of nights where we're not sleeping well and we'll still have good cognitive function and we'll be able to, but if you're having that on a consistent basis and then the following day you're stimulating and using sugar to get the energy up, this is going to have a compounded effect on your health, on your weight, on your, your blood sugar, on everything. It's very important that we look at sleep, not just as sleep, you know, like, um, but looking at it as if it is imperative to our health, right? It's not just, oh, I, I get sleep, you know, once it, no, good quality sleep and deep sleep, imperative to your health while you're here on the planet. Right. It's, it's not like um, you can eat well and take all the herbs that you want. But if you're not sleeping at night, this is a big problem. It doesn't matter what herbs you're taking. It doesn't matter how, what, how much organic food you're eating. It doesn't matter. Right. That you're exercising. It doesn't matter. And by the way, exercise will help you sleep, except yes. if you have adrenal fatigue. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sometimes we have that mindset. Well, I've just got work to do. And I recognize that in myself, you know, many years ago before I kind of changed my ways is that I would work really late into the night. But in hindsight, that work was not of good quality. It serves me better now to have a good night's sleep. I'm more productive, I'm more effective, and I'm more creative every day than, and if I think of those trying to burn the candle at both ends, it simply doesn't work and it's not sustainable. And that's probably why I got to where I was and being yeah. so unwell. And I love that you said that, that if you get to sleep, you're more productive the next day, right? So now again, this goes along with 
the human being and the alignment to the earth and to ancient medicine. So in ancient medicine, it was believed that the creative energy is birthing in the morning, right? So the morning, so I know people tell me I'm a night owl and I'm like, okay, I want you to look in the mirror, tell me what you see, right? Because owls literally have eyes that are this big. (laughs) (laughs) right yeah the story it's all a story it's crazy right they have supersonic hearing right so so unless that is you as the human being you're not a night owl that's just a bad habit go to bed early wake up early and that is liver rising energy which is creativity in ancient medicine right so that's and if you look in everything in nature generally with the exception of um nightshade vegetables which will flower at night and sometimes some cactuses will flower at night all the plants in the morning is when they are starting to open (laughs) right the flowers they're starting to open and come up right so again we've separated ourselves from the environment that we live but that's that's part of the process the sleeping at the night and then the waking in the morning for the human being Yes, not for the not for the night owl. <laughs> yeah, no such thing. Yeah, I love I love that you say that because that is part of the training that I do is that sleep story you tell yourself because we make up so many stories either because of patterns. You know, we grew up in a family that had poor sleep hygiene, or all of these different stories we start to tell ourselves. But they exactly that they are stories and limiting yeah. beliefs that hold us back from really reaching our full potential because I've recognized for myself there's so much evidence. It's not that just we, we're having a chit-chat about things that we believe in, but there's so much evidence that all the ability to sleep well means that you have uh, – there's so many other benefits. So we mentioned productivity, creativity, all the, the elements that have a good productive day. But also longevity, because yeah. you mentioned the body healing at night. So it's just it just makes good sense, everyone. Let's stop arguing about whether we need so many hours of sleep. Let's just let's just sleep. Let's just get to sleep. Yeah. So, Andrea, what are your tips for living fabulously? Uh, tips for living fabulously. My number one tip is to listen to your podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eat well as well as you can. Nourish yourself on many levels, get good quality rest, and daily exercise. It's, it's pretty simple, actually. It's pretty simple, but we make it much harder than it is. We do. Thank you. That's brilliant. And you can find Andrea Beeman at her website. It's andreabeeman.com. It will be in the show notes so you get the correct spelling. And also on Facebook, it's andrea.beeman1. And Andrea, thank you so much for inspiring us and sharing your wisdom. I love that. The, the approach that you take and that you teach is really simple and ancient wisdoms. I've learned so much from you in terms of my own journey as a well-being coach, but also I love that teaching the general public as well. And I think for this particular conversation that we've had is there's just so much goodness in here. So if you've listened, you may need to listen again with a pen and paper And take some notes because I know I'm going to be doing exactly that because I want to give you some links to those herbs so that you can learn more about them and educate yourself on how you can use them. 
So thanks so much for being with me on the show today. Oh, thanks for me. Thanks for having me, Bev. And I'm looking forward to your 500th episode. <laughs> yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.